In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful, dear listeners, welcome to the Breakfast Show. A warm Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May the peace and blessings of Allah be with you. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio, broadcasting from the biggest mosque of Europe, the Battle for Two Mosque. And the time is four past seven, and the date is the 18th of January. Dear listeners, um, you might have realized that in previous days we have talked about the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him. And uh, we have mentioned many, many aspects of his life as well, as well as a few characteristics, aspects about him as well. And dear listeners, today we will carry on with that as well. The first segment is also so very special for me as well, because today... I want to know from you, was the Holy Prophet Muhammad the best role model mankind ever had? You can let me know the answer. You can call in any time. The number is 028-687-787 or you can go on our social at Voice Islam UK because on Twitter slash X, we want to know from you that in today's day and age, which one quality of the Holy Prophet could we benefit from? Is it his tolerance, trustworthiness, kindness to all, his healthy lifestyle? Or if you think there's something else you want to mention, you can share it in the comments as well. Or, as I said, you can call him anytime. Um, it would be great to listen to you to learn more about the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon, uh, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And uh, also, during the first segment, dear listeners, we will have uh, two guests and one pre-recording. We will have Tamim Abu Dhaka. He will be joined live from Jordan. And we will have uh, Imam Ibrahim Nonan, who will also be joined live from Ireland. Furthermore, we will have one pre-recording, uh, which we have done with Mrs. Uh, Reem Shreikis. And uh, then after the dear listeners, we will go on our second segment, which is about the International Conference on Religion and Religious Studies. So we will keep this program as always religious as well. We will talk about the Islamic aspect, the Islamic perspective of everything. Of course, in the first segment, it's going to be everything about Islam because we will discuss the life and the character of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Furthermore, also for the second segment, dear listeners, we will have Muhammad Iqbal, who is, as you might know, the host of The Living History on Voice of Islam. And we will have Ahmad Uwasu Kunada, Kunadu, sorry, from who will be joined live from Scotland um, for the second segment. So, dear listeners, um, I hope you're enjoying your breakfast right now because, as you know, the breakfast is the most important meal. My duty today is that I need to make sure that you also enjoy today's breakfast show. So, do me a favor, stay in tune with the Voice of Islam Radio. Um, before we come to our first segment, as usual, dear listeners, we just go quickly. Uh, on the news, we just want to see what is happening right now. Um, one news I don't want to share if share is that recently Kate has been seen in the hospital after surgery. Uh, uh, the king had uh, uh, because it's prostate re- treatment. The Princess of Wales is recovering in hospital after undergoing surgery, and King Charles III is set to undergo a medical procedure next week. Crescent will step back from royal duties for, for month after surgery for an unspecified but non-cancer-related condition. And the king's 
Benning prostate condition will be treated next week. The unexpected health announcement were made within two hours of each other on Wednesday afternoon. Now, details about the health of senior rails are usually a closely guarded secret and only announced to the public in limited circumstances. So so the decision to release two significant updates is one day was striking. And about 2 o'clock p.m., Kensington Place disclosed the princess was admitted to private hospital in St. London on Tuesday for procedure and is recovering there. It is understood the princess is doing well, but is expected to spend up to two weeks in hospital and be out of the public eye until after Easter as she continues a month-long recovery. It is clear from the length of time she needs to recuperate and the tone of the statement from the palace that her condition is serious, though it was stressed to the procedure had been planned and successful. The palace called, the palace called for the princess' medical privacy to be respected, adding... She hopes that the public will understand her desire to maintain as much normality for her children as possible. The Prince of Wales will also step back from royal duties in the coming weeks to be with his wife and Prince George and Princess Charlotte and Prince Louis. And less than 90 minutes later, a separate statement was published by Buckingham Palace revealing the King's requires a corrective procedure next week for an enlarged prostate. The condition is common in older men and is not cancerous. The king turned 75 in November. Now, it is known what procedure the king requires, but the palace said his engagement will be postponed for a short period of recuperation. His treatment is not a sufficient disruption to trigger any out of the constitutional mechanism for when the head of the state is seriously ill. In such circumstances, councillors of state can act as stand-ins for the monarch and carry out duties such as signing official documents, but Buckingham Palace has said that will not be necessary. The king is staying at his private home near Balmore, Balmoral with the Queen and royal sources said he was in good form and in good spirits. The timing of the announcement about the king so soon after the news about the princess is thought to have been unavoidable due to the monarch's scheduled engagement on Thursday and Friday. He had been due to meet with foreign dignitaries and cabinet members in Scotland, so the news had to be made public as those meetings were cancelled on doctor's advice. So, of course, um, our prayers are going out for the princess and for our king, Charles III. Uh, May Allah be the protector and give them a healthy life. Uh, it is very important, dear listeners. Um, Islam has stressed this many, many times that member of uh, a, a, basically a, uh, someone, uh, a leader of a state, has to be respected and has to be protected. And this is what the Holy Prophet has advised us as well and has taught us as well, because this is important part of our faith as well and this is how we show loyalty to the country as well um also about the health islam has spoken about this as well that you should look after the health as well it's very important that we carry on a healthy lifestyle as well um also always remember the life we have got is basically a gift from god from allah and therefore we should be happy but we should also be um realizing this uh, blessing as something very great given by Allah and therefore we should respect this as well and we should look after our bodies as well. The listeners, 
Also, a number of Thursday's paper report on the government's success in seeing over the vote by Tories MPs who wanted to see the Rwanda bill strengthened in a series of votes on Wednesday. The listener, the Daily Telegraph, says the eventual passing of the bill by the House of Commons was a blow to Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's staunchest conservative critics and that they had been plotting to raise questions about his leadership if the final legislation had been defeated. But it adds that many hurdles remain before the bill can become law, not least in the House of Lords. Peers are expected to try to water down some of its tower measures amid fears that could breach international law. Also, the Daily Mail says the Prime Minister's Rwanda headache is set to continue for months as peers and migrant groups threaten a series of new stumbling blocks. But the Daily Express believes the vote has brought the first migrant flights to Rwanda a step closer. The sooner they begin, the better, it says. The Times reports that while the Prime Minister may have seen of the rebels' support for the Conservative is at 20%, although not seen since the economic turmoil triggered by former Prime Minister Liz Truss' mini-budget, a YouGov poll for the paper suggests that among people who voted Tory in 2019, only 35% now trust Mr Sunak on immigration. It gives Labour a 27-point lead over the Tories. The Guardian understands that the first 100 people to be deported once the Rwanda bill becomes law have already been selected. Home Office officials said that they had been chosen because there were no obvious grounds for appeal. And many papers are dominated by the medical issues, which I just mentioned, affecting the King and the Princess of Wales. Again, I uh, just want to read a few of them. The Sun safe. the Princess is recovering after undergoing admin- uh, abdominal surgery, while the King needs an operation to treat an, in- an enlarged prostate and describe the news as a double health blow for the royal family. The Daily Mirror says, It's been told by an unnamed source that Prince William's main role is simply to be there for his wife. Let's pay, let's pray, the boss okay, is the Daily Mail's headline. It says the news that two key royals are out of action shows how few other leading members of the family there are to step in from them. And according to the eye, there is not there are allegations that another post office IT system was flawed and led to wrongful convictions before the Horizon scandal. Labour MP Kevin Jones Kevin Jones said he has, he was in touch with five or six potential victims of the capture system. The paper said it was unclear who developed capture. The post office is said to have declined to comment about its implementation. And The Sun continues its coverage about a two-year-old boy who appears to have starved to death after his father had a fatal heart attack. Bronson Battersbury's mother, Sarah Pierce, who'd moved out of the home in which the pair were found dead, tells the paper that if her son had been just two inches taller, he could have reached a fridge full of leftovers. Bronson was known to uh, to the the Council Children's Service, who have launched an urgent review. The Daily Telegraph also reports the Shadow Chancellor Rachel Rees is considering tax cuts for top earners as she, in the paper's words, tries to recast Labour as a party of economic growth. Speaking at the World Economic Forum in Davis, Mrs. Reeves, sorry, Ms. Reeves, said she wanted to make sure 
success was celebrated under Labour government. Her instinct was to have lower taxes. She said. I just want to say one thing. Uh, about this whole discussion about wonder. I think Great Britain is great because of its diversity. Because it is welcoming people. It is helping people from different backgrounds to, uh, to integrate in the society as well. It has always been known as a country who has welcomed different people from different backgrounds. And uh, therefore, I think this is one reason why this nation is great or why this nation is called Great Britain. Uh, this is something we shouldn't forget. Um, I just wanted to leave one comment about this as well. Um, my belief is that it doesn't matter what religion you are, from what background you are, if you have support, if you have the help you need to integrate into society, you can easily do that. And your children will do that easily as well. Um, because they will grow up in the society and for them, they will be part of the society from the beginning. So for them, it's going to be very, very much more easier to be a part of this society. They will try or they will make sure that this society or this country will prosper. So it is un uh, important that... Um, Whatever we do, we should remember Great Britain is great because of its diversity, because it has helped people becoming part of this society, of this nation as well. People has had to welcome people from different backgrounds, from different countries as well. Um, and now these people are basically British people. These people, they feel British. Their children, they think in the English language. They dream in the English language. Um and they speak the English language very well as well. Um, and, you know, as a, like, for example, um, I just want to give a few examples. As an imam, uh, of course, my duty is to look after the youngsters as well, as well as the, as the elderly as well. So, of course, a lot of people are coming from different backgrounds, from different countries as well now. But our duty is to make sure that they integrate in the society as well. We help them. And to our help, they progress as well. They make, uh, they, they realize that uh, what it means to be a British per people, British person. So I think so I'm trying to say is that if these people have help, they need, they can do that. They can integrate easily in the society as well. And as I said, this is because what this is the reason why Great Britain is so great, dear listeners. Um, we have uh, you have you have heard by yourself, dear listeners. It's very cold. Uh, it is minus five degree here in Merton, and um, it is said that on the weekends uh, it is going um, to be better. Uh, but we have still a few days left, so make sure that when you go out, you the clothing is matchable with the weather as well, so it can save you uh, from the weather from the cold as well, which is very important. As I just mentioned in the beginning, Islam has stressed the point about health as well, to looking after your health. Um, so therefore, um, it is important that we look after ourselves as well. Um, I want to share one news as well. It's about Pakistan who launches uh, strikes on Iran. Uh, and it's reported that seven people have been killed. Um the BBC says that Pakistan said its strikes had hit terrorist hideouts in Iran's Sistan, Balochistan, which borders Pakistan. Iranian media reports that three women and four children have been killed. 
Pakistan's hit comes after it was outraged by Iran's strike, which Tehran said was aimed at terrorist groups. The airstrikes have occurred during a period of upheaval in the Middle East, where Israel is fighting the Palestinian group Hamas in Gaza and exchanging fire with iron-backed Hezbollah in Lebanon. Iron-backed groups in Iraq and Syria are targeting U.S. forces, and the U.S. and U.K. have struck the iron-backed Houthis in Yemen who have been attacking shipping. Pakistan and, and Iran have long accused each other of harboring militant groups that carry out attacks from regions along their shared borders. But official military actions between Pakistan and Iran on this issue is uncommon and they typically maintain cordial, although fragile, relations. On Thursday, Pakistan's foreign minister confirmed its strikes. It said Pakistan fully respects Iran's sovereignty and integrity, but its action on Thursday was a manifestation of Pakistan's unflinching resolve to protect and defend its national security against all threats. Pakistan had fiercely condemned Iran's strikes on Tuesday, which Islamabad says killed two children, and it had warned Tehran of serious consequences for the illegal action banned Iran's ambassador from returning to the country and, and also withdrew its own envoy from Pakistan. Iran insisted its strikes were aimed only at Jesh al-Adl, an ethnic Baloch Sunni Muslim group that has carried out attacks inside Iran and not Pakistan's citizens. Early in the week, Iran also attacked targets in Iraq and Syria. It said it had hit Islamic State and Israel's Mossad spy agency, both of whom it said had been involved in a bomb attack in the Iranian city of Kerman earlier this month, which killed 84 people. Analysts said Pakistan's response was not surprising and matched Iran's in being presented as a specific attack on insurgents. Pakistan's retaliation does raise the risk of escalation, but it also provides an opportunity to step back from the brink. In effect, the two sides are even now said Michael Kogelman, the South Asia director at the Wilson Center. Islamabad had a strong uh, incentive to try to restore deterrence, especially with Iran on the offensive around the wider region, deploying direct strikes to hit out at threats and rivals. In effect, if Pakistan had held back, it would have faced the risk of additional strikes. China a strong ally of both nations has called for both sides to show restraint and avoid an escalation. Now, analysts say Iran's strike this week were also likely driven by the current turbulent dynamics in the Middle East. China said it does not want to get involved in a wider conflict, but groups that had that it had it backs have been ramp, ramping up efforts to target Israel and its allies to show solidarity with the Palestinians. Listen about the Middle East crisis, about all these crises we see in this world. It's very horrific. I mean, I don't understand that. Um, it is sadly to see that innocent people have been always been uh, in the middle of all of these things, all of these crises, and they have been targeted and killed, even though they have nothing to do with these things. Babies. Do you listen? I'm talking about, for example, babies. Just take those babies. In Gaza, who had been killed, they had nothing to do anything with the Hamas or anything with the atrocity which happened on the 7th of October. As you know, we condemn what Hamas has done on the 7th of October last year in Israel. But we also condemn uh, the killing of innocent people by the Israel army. 
So these are two things, uh, and I'm, this is what we have said, stressed many times also in our shows, that Islam is a religion teaching us peace. Same is with uh, the Jewish religion as well. Islam specifically says that there's no way that you are allowed to kill innocent people. There's no vision of collateral damage. So this is very sad. We see this many, many times as well. And this conflict is getting wider and wider. And hopefully um, Azur, His Holiness, may Allah help, has warned in his in, uh, recent Friday sermons many, many times now that this is going to a major war. And uh, he has said that world leaders have, should have the encouragement to call for a ceasefire now in Gaza. And uh, with, uh, with that, it is important that we should listen what His Holiness has, has said, has been saying in the last of the years, has, what he has advised to world leaders as well, what they should do. And uh, we, we, the only thing he had advised us, that we should pray. All right? We should pray for world peace and this is what we're doing as well you know, um you know a muslim will always be there will always be a source of peace for everyone and one more thing is also that islam has much, pretty much um stressed on that point that we should do justice you know islam funny uh islam is basically you know to do justice you should have an open heart you shouldn't ha- uh, have hate for everyone you shouldn't have hate for nobody you shouldn't hate anyone only then you can do do true justice to people. And even to your fierce enemy, you should be nice as well. This is what Islam has taught us. And this is so important because this is something, you know, we are forgetting. The world leaders are forgetting as well. So the encouragement, as His Holiness, may Allah be salved, has said many times now, there should be encouragement for the leadership as well. They should be brave to call for ceasefire. I can understand how they can allow to that children to have, uh, to allow to children to be killed, babies to be killed, innocent people to be killed, elderly people to be killed. This is this is not what you can call say as uh, call as humanity, something as humanity. This is against humanity, and uh, as I said, our prayers are going out for those people who are unfortunately. Um, in the middle of all of these things, even though they are innocent, may Allah be their protector. Be uh, listeners, um, we're going now for a short break. Do me a favor, stay tuned with the Voices on Radio. And after the short break, we will be back with our first segment. As I said, it's very po- important and very special for me. We're going to talk about Holy Prophet. But I want to know from you as well. Do you not think that Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was the best role model mankind ever had? You can let me know the answer. The number is 808. 808- Six eight seven seven eight seven eight, or you can go on our socials at Voice of Islam UK. Talking about our socials on Twitter slash X, we have a poll uh, which you can contribute into as well. Uh, the question is that in today's day and age, which one quality of the Holy Prophet could we benefit from? Is it his tolerance? trustworthiness, kindness to all, his healthy lifestyle, or if you have anything else in mind, you can let us know in, in the comments as well. And maybe we'll, we'll read out uh, your comments during the show. So do me a favor, stay tuned with the Voice of Some Radio. Uh, we will be back after the short break. For you, another very essential teaching is that you do not leave the Holy Quran like a book that has been forsaken, since therein lies your life. Those who honor this holy book 
shall be honoured in heaven. Those who will hold the Holy Qur'an superior to every tradition and every saying shall be given preference in heaven. For mankind spread over the surface of the earth now, there is no book except the Holy Qur'an. For the sons of man there is no messenger and mediator except Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So strive and cherish the purest love for this Prophet of power and glory, giving no one else any kind of preference over him, so that you may be put down in heaven as those who have been saved. In the name of Allah, the most gracious and merciful listener, welcome back to Breakfast Show. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. And dear listeners, today, as I said, this is going to be a special segment for me. And I just want to start with the verse of the Holy Quran. It says, Say, if you love Allah, follow me, then will Allah love you and <coughs> forgive you your faults. And Allah is most forgiving, merciful. Um, dear listeners, um, the reason I presented this verse of the Holy Quran is so we can understand that being a Muslim, it is important that when we follow the Holy Prophet it is only because of the love of Allah as well. Um, dear listener, you know the Holy Prophet he was a man who was whose personality has inspired billions of people. A man who has and still is a guiding light for those who are surrounded by darkness, whose character was so pious and pure that even his enemy would praise him for that. Listeners, he was a man who has lived more than 1,400 years ago and is still alive because his followers are still acting upon his teachings, upon his character, and upon his practices. The Holy Prophet was a man who stood up for the needy, for the poor, a man who removed slavery, a man who gave rights to women. He was an exemplary father, husband, a master for mankind, a prophet for mankind, and a mercy for all mankind. Dear listeners, um, his followership is still increasing each day. In every moment, we send our blessings to the uh, Prophet Muhammad um, may Allah, um, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him. And today, dear listeners, we are going to discuss about the Holy Prophet's uh, peace be upon him. But I also want to know from you, because the segment is already saying it, if the Holy Prophet peace be upon him, the best role model mankind ever had, let us know your answer. The number is 0208687878. Or you can go on our social at Voice of Islam UK, where we have started a poll. Uh, well, we want to know your answer as well, that in today's day and age, which one quality of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, could we benefit from? Is it his tolerance, his trustworthiness, kindness to all, or his healthy lifestyle? You can, uh, or if you think there's something else you want to share, then you can do so in the comments as well. Or you can call in again, the number is 0208-687-7878. So, I just want to discuss this life because, to be honest, <coughs> his life is amazing. And uh, he, he, the way he has lived his life is not only Muslim were inspired by that, also non-Muslim believers have been inspired. For example, um, 
Karen Armstrong, uh, who wrote a, wrote a book about the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. The name of the book is A Prophet for Our Time. She said that Muhammad was not an apparent failure. He was a dazzling success, politically as well as spiritually, and Islam went from strength to strength. Furthermore, she also said that from being the father of jihad, Prophet Muhammad was a peacemaker who risked his life and nearly lost the loyalty of his closest companions because he was determined to effect a reconciliation with Makkah. So you think, you know, this is something we need as well. Someone who is a peacemaker, someone who will risk his life only for world peace. So this is something, you know, these aspects we are going to discuss today as well. And... Um, we want to see, we want to come give also his advices he gave to us so um, we can, the advices he gave, how we can go through this crisis which we see uh, in this day and age. So, again, if you have any thought you want to share about Holy Prophet, upon him, any, any, I mean, every character of his was amazing. But you think you want to just share, you want to. Uh, let the people know about this character as well. You can call in the number is 0208-687-7878. Let me know. You answer. Um, but meanwhile, what I'm going to do is, um, we going. I'm going to go to our first guest. As I said, we will have someone from Jordan. His name is uh, Imam Tamim Abu Dhaka, who is an MD scholar, theologian, Imam, author, lecturer, poet, and regular panelist on Andy Beta on MTA, which is our uh, televin, uh, television uh, channel. So I just want to say, um, Imam Abu Dhaka, Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, may the peace and blessings of Allah be with you, and good morning. Um, first of all, um, it is amazing to have you on the show. I've seen you many, many times as well, debating with other people about your face as well, about uh, Islam and media as well. And you are someone who is also there to def- defend the life of the Holy Prophet uh, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him as well. And we know that his, he's the person that he's the most discussed person in his day and age. Unfortunately, a lot of people have wrong thought about him. But I have said that he is the mercy of all mankind. And um, nowadays, this is what we need, mercy. Because we don't see this, we have so many crises in the world. If you look at, uh, on the life of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, can you give some examples uh, how he showed mercy towards humanity? Actually, the Holy Prophet, وسلم, since a very uh, early age, he was known to be merciful and compassionate mm. to the mankind. Uh, by the way, there is an incident which is a very important incident uh, that proves he was uh, uh, an amazing and a very unique servant of humanity. And it was the witness uh, of uh, his wife, Hadrat Khadija, uh, radiallahu anha. Um, may Allah be pleased uh, by her. Uh, actually, when the Holy Prophet وسلم, peace and blessings be upon him, when he received the first revelation, he came to Hadrat Khadija mm. and he told her, it looks like uh, Allah had commissioned me. Uh, and I'm a little bit worried because I'm uh, not a person who likes to be or 
uh, or who who is willing to have any position or something like that. Uh, so Hadrat Khadija said, uh, and he she gave a very nice and great words. She said, Allah will not let you down. He will never let you down because you are always a servant of humanity. You are always holding the burdens of mm. others. You were always uh, very good for everybody. You were always uh, uh, serving your your guests to, uh, and uh, providing food and shelter to him. So uh, you you are the best host. You are the most uh, benevolent person for for uh, your close relatives. Uh, and she uh, said. Uh, always, if anybody is in a difficult situation, you are always ready to, to help him. So the whole Prophet ﷺ, uh, he was the symbol uh, for humanity, and he was known for that. He was the most honest uh, regarding his morals also, uh, because um, uh, actually uh, he was really the, the, the uh, person was unique in all of uh, Arabia. Uh, he was known to be the honest and the most trustworthy. Uh, so the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was, uh, regarding his personality and his, com- uh, his um, daily uh, actions, he was always merciful to everybody. And when he was commissioned and uh, after his uh, 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 the people who were opposing him, the disbelievers, uh, actually after they tortured him and tortured his uh, companions for very long time, 13 uh, years in Mecca, and then they chased them in Medina, and he had no choice to defend himself and to defend uh, uh, the Medina against their attacks. Mm. Then when he became victorious and he conquered Mecca, uh, at that time, actually, something happened uh, which was uh, also amazing mm. because it wasn't for, for the disbelievers, it wasn't a surprise for them. Because actually the Prophet ﷺ, after uh, he uh, collected them all in, in, uh, in Kaaba, he asked them, what do you think I'm going to do to you? Mm. <laughs> and they had no shadow of doubt that he will be merciful to them. Wow. They said, we will not, <laughs> we, we don't uh, expect anything except benevolence and accept goodness from you because you are always the best hmm. brother and the best, uh, 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 the best also uh, nephew, hmm. uh, which means for, for the best nephew for the old people and the best brothers for for for, mm. uh, for for the people who are from your the same age, something like that. This is what they have said. Mm. Uh, and he said, and he smiled and he said, "Go, you you are free, because according to the uh, rules of war at that time, as they were uh, the attackers and uh, they were the transgress- the transgressors, and he and conquered Mecca, then they turned to be." according to these rules, to be his uh, slaves. And uh, uh, he is free to do whatever he, sh- he, he might do because uh, to, to punish them for, for, for their crimes. But the Holy Prophet ﷺ refused to 
uh, do that, and uh, he uh, instead um, gave them mercy, gave them mercy, and they expected that from him. <laughs> so how come this personality, the Holy Prophet وسلم, who was very well known mm-hmm. for his people at that time, how come some people maybe they have any shadow of doubt about the mercy of Islam and the mercy of the teachings of the Holy Prophet It is true, man. You have shared so many good qualities about him and you have given testimony from his enemy that they say to Sam that he is merciful, he is kind to everyone. But, you know, he went, uh, like, um, his character, which I understand is that he would navigate moral dilemmas during his time. And today we have so many moral dilemmas. We have so many crises. What are those lessons we can learn from his approach? Yes, actually, we should learn from this approach that, first of all, we should uh, look uh, at uh, the humanity in the same eyes of the Holy Prophet mm-hmm. okay. By the way, there uh, be some blessings be upon him. The Holy Prophet uh, be some blessings be upon him. Actually, he, at the beginning, actually, distributed all of the um, pillars that uh, the people depend on uh, to um, commit crimes and to make transition against each other. First of all, he said everybody is equal and nobody should have the supremacy and should be uh, thinking that uh, he is uh, better than the others regarding race, regarding position, regarding whatsoever. And the best uh, in the eyes of Allah, Mm. he is the, the more pious which means uh, he, uh, who is the, the most benevolent of the human beings, he will be the best in the eyes of Allah. Mm. And this is in the eyes of Allah, which means we don't have this scale, and we shouldn't even prefer him, even if he's uh, the, the, the most pious, uh, which means he, should, he doesn't have the, uh, uh, you can say, the, the, uh, the uh, right to be preferred over others. Uh, so if we remember the teachings of the Holy Prophet وسلم, and remember the personality of the Holy Prophet based on blessings be upon him, then all of the conflicts in the world will be removed and mm. all of the problems will be solved. Uh, and subhanAllah, you know, the Holy Prophet وسلم, actually came in a very difficult time in Arabia and a very difficult time in the, the, the whole world at that time. Uh, it was described according to the Holy Quran that was the most uh, dark, uh, dark, uh, dark age of the, of the world, uh, which means at that time um, the goodness in the world uh, was almost uh, faded away from every place in the, in the world. And the transgression and uh, the uh, bad acts of uh, the nations against against each other, it was at mo- it, its most uh, maybe very difficult time. When the Holy Prophet, peace uh, and blessings be upon him, and uh, when Islam had spread, uh, his followers showed his mercy in this very difficult time. They were always attacked, they were always in danger, but they didn't provide to the humanity anything except peace and love and equality and and so uh, regarding that i mean regarding what's happening now in the world if the world will remember the personality of the holy prophet 
peace and blessings be upon him, and remember his stance and how he solved the 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 situation of the world and how he established peace mm-hmm. in the world at that time. It will be really, you know, the the, the I mean, we will we will witness a new era of peace mm-hmm. as we had seen at that time of. Uh, of his existence, uh, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Yeah. I mean, uh, when when he was uh, alive and uh, at the time of his uh, uh, companions. Amazing. Now you're true about that. I think you tr- you truly um, what you said is true. That if we follow the advice, we can have a new era of world peace in this world as well. Um, th- uh, Abu Dhaka, I just want to know that you know um, you are a member of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community as well. Um, today, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, we see that um, unfortunately the Holy Prophet has been accused of wrongdoings. And this happened even mm-hmm. in time of the Prophet Messiah. Many, many times I remember if you read the history, Christian priests went there and they, God forbid, Nawazubillah accused him for wrongdoings. In the time, mm-hmm. in the time, there were so many Muslims. How comes it only like how did the Prophet because he was no doubt in pure love with the Holy Prophet peace and blessings be upon him? How did he defend his life, and why did not other Muslims do, did the same? Mm, uh, regarding the, the Promised Messiah, based on the dispute upon him, the Promised Messiah really, actually, he was the best example of uh, the follower of the Holy Prophet mm. He was like. Uh, spitting image of uh, the Holy Prophet sallallahu mm-hmm. regarding the uh, morals and regarding the uh, passion uh, against and com- uh, and being compassionate and merciful to the uh, human beings. By the way, uh, actually he was very busy in defending Islam mm-hmm. regarding writing and uh, speeches and uh, uh, I mean regarding debates with others. But at that time, he was always very busy in serving the humanity. Sometimes the poor women were coming to him and asking him for medicines, because at that time there was no health service, and uh, uh, it is not easy to get uh, the medicines and to be uh, treated and cured if uh, somebody is sick or diseased or Mm -hmm. something like that. So he was spending a great deal of time every day uh, and uh, uh, treating the uh, diseased uh, people and helping them, and he was preparing the medicines himself. The companions of uh, the promised Messiah, beast be upon him, they told him, actually you have uh, a very precious time, and you shouldn't uh, spend your time uh, in helping the, such people. Maybe we should try to find some way to make you more free and... Uh, uh, to um, spare you for the religious services. And he said, this is a religious service, which means mm-hmm. helping the humanity and being compassionate to the humanity. This is a, a, a pure religious service, and I won't stop. Right. So, uh, he, regarding, I mean, his personality and his care of the human beings, he was really exactly... Uh, having the same morals of the Holy Prophet upon him. And he also looked at uh, the uh, mankind and uh, the situation uh, of uh, the world 
And he predicted that the people actually are driving themselves towards a grievous end if they don't follow the teachings of Islam, if they don't uh, follow the uh, teachings of the Holy Prophet So because of that, he provided uh, for the Muslims first, because the Muslims uh, should be the holders of uh, the message of uh, Islam, and they should um, be informed and uh, to take care of uh, their, their message and to be the servants of the humanity uh, following the steps of the Holy Prophet mm-hmm. So he uh, stressed on reforming the Muslims and also he uh, defended Islam and tried to uh, to fix any beliefs and tenets of the other religions which make them to be away from peace and in peaceful in, in peaceful way which means he was not considering himself to be an enemy of everybody he said I'm not an enemy of everybody but the bad teachings and uh, the teachings which were distorted which were not the teachings of Allah but distorted by time actually they are driving people away from Allah and that will drive them away from peace so we should go back again uh, to the common thing and we should uh, have uh, uh, a common uh, uh, active uh, way to join us together and to uh, help and uh, serve the humanity. His last lecture, which is Lahore lecture, Mm. actually, he said we should learn, uh, which actually uh, he said we have to, to learn how to live together and how to remove the problems between each other and how to respect each other. Uh, so he was repeating again the, the message of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, and uh, alhamdulillah through his uh, personality, a very, uh, he was a very amazing person, and uh, the people uh, who were even opposing him before, after he was commissioned by Allah, before they witnessed he was one of the best, and they have never seen somebody like him. Like, for example, Maulawi Batalwi, he said, I know him since a very early age, and I know how pious is him, and how, is, uh, uh, how he's a very good moral, uh, a moral personality. Uh, so, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, Allah has guided us. Uh, to uh, accept the message of the promised Messiah be, uh, be upon him, uh, which is uh, the reiteration and the the, uh, uh, the second advent of Islam. And uh, he's uh, repeating again, I mean, uh, the or he's presenting again mm-hmm. the teachings of the Prophet peace be upon him. And uh, if the people would accept him, that uh, means surely the world will uh, solve uh, its problem and uh, we will have to establish peace again uh, by uh, the reiteration 
uh, of the teachings of uh, on the teachings of Islam that is uh, brought back again by him. It is so amazing what you just said in the beginning. You just said that how the Prophet was influenced by the Holy Prophet uh, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him. So that's why only because of that he became um, basically uh, Hasana, uh, example of ex- excellences. Only because he followed the Holy Prophet and you just showed the the love he had for the Holy Prophet peace be upon him as well. This is so amazing to listen. And um, Imam Abu Dhaka, um we are reaching the hour, which means we'll go just a few minutes for uh, the news break. But I really want to listen to you as well. I want to carry on with you. If you don't mind, if you can stay with us uh, online as well, uh, and we can carry on this discussion about Holy Prophet people upon him after the news break as well. Because there's one question I want you to know as well is that um, b- because uh, for us in this day and age, especially for the youngsters, um, how crucial is the guidance of Tali Prophet people upon him so that we can uh, b- prosper in morality as well to, to, have, to uh, uh, develop good character. If if you don't mind, after the news break, if you can stay tuned with us as well so we can discuss uh, this question as well. It will be amazing because it's My very pleasure. interesting to listen My to pleasure. My, My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. So, dear listeners, as promised, I will, as I said in the beginning, I'm going to make sure this show is going uh, to make this show very interesting. And we have a very interesting guest as well. I'm sure you enjoyed listening to it as well. So, stay tuned with uh, the Voice of Sound Radio. We're going for a no short, uh, small short break. And after the short break, we'll be back with Imam Abu Dhaka and we will discuss the life of Tali Prophet, peace upon him, with him after the news. So, stay tuned with Voice of Sound Radio. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful, dear listener, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May the peace and blessing of Allah be with you. Welcome back to Breakfast Show on the Voice of Islam Radio. We were just discussing with Imam Abu Dhaka from Jordan, who is right now live with us as well, about the life of Tali Prophet upon him, how the Prophet was so influenced by his life that he became also Uswah Hasana, a great example of um, uh, a great great example as well, only because he followed the life of Tali Prophet upon him. Imam Abu Dhaka, alaikum, welcome back to Breakfast Show. Um, Imam Abu Dhaka, there's one allegation I just want to uh, ask you about if that, God forbid, it is said by non MD Muslims that the Prophet has always uh, presented himself as being more higher than the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, which I say is to- to- totally wrong. If you can also elaborate a, a bit on that as well. The uh, message or the claim of uh, promised Messiah. Uh, peace be upon him. Actually, all of his claim is based on that he is the true and real servant of the Holy Prophet. Uh, that uh, would uh, make me, let's say, a little bit remember um, my first steps in Ahmadiyya. When I heard about uh, the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, 
Uh, actually, I have some doubt at the beginning. Mm. Uh, at the beginning, actually, uh, I uh, I loved everything that uh, he brought, and uh, I found uh, what he has given. Uh, it was really an amazing thing, and um, for me, um, that uh, that was like I had found a treasure regarding thoughts and regarding uh, uh, great teachings and how he reformed Islam and all of these things. But uh, my doubts were uh, something like, first of all, are we going to be busy with the promised Messiah, the peace be upon him, and forget about the Holy Prophet? And the second, actually, I was concentrating on how he is presenting him uh, himself uh, uh, comparing to the Holy Prophet, uh, peace be upon him. So I studied his books, and uh, over and over I discovered, actually, uh, first of all, regarding the first point, I was never knowing the Holy Prophet, وسلم, and I started to know the Holy Prophet, peace mm. be upon him, when I read what the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, uh, uh, said about him. Uh, so before uh, before that, and for the non-Muslims actually, unfortunately they don't know exactly the personality of the Holy Prophet. Mm. And unfortunately, because of the, uh, the 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 bad teachings and the bad also narratives and uh, the bad understanding, uh, they uh, had very misconceptions against uh, the Holy Prophet. So when I knew the, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, peace and blessings be upon him, uh, and had seen what the uh, promised Messiah, peace be upon him, uh, spoke about him, and how he clarified all of these doubts uh, and all of these things uh, about the personality and about the message of the Holy Prophet, وسلم, I loved the Holy Prophet much more, uh, and I believed in him much, much more, uh, the, the uh, Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And uh, for the uh, promised Messiah, uh, actually, he remembers the Holy Prophet, peace be upon and blessings be upon him, over and over. And by by accepting the promised Messiah, then we are always remembering uh, the Holy Prophet, and the Holy Prophet is always present in our life, in our teachings, in our speeches, in every place. So he is not now in the back. Uh, Backstage, I mean, I uh, my doubts was that okay, as the promised Messiah will be a new prophet or a new commissioner or something like that, then uh, the Holy Prophet will be uh, something from the past. No, actually, he became more and more present. And regarding the claim, as I told uh, told you, uh, let's say it is impossible if he uh, if he tried to. Uh, prefer himself over the Holy Prophet, then he will destroy, if, mm. if they, they, they would think this, he will destroy the basis uh, of his claim mm. completely. Mm. Because his claim is not an independent claim. His claim is that I am the full and complete servant of the Holy Prophet. I am uh, his representative in the second advent of Islam. So how come <laughs> the representative uh, and the servant would be <laughs> the uh, preferred or would be uh, supreme to to his uh, uh, master. Mm, true. Uh, so uh, that's really a very silly claim. 
and they will if they would look carefully at uh, the quotations and writings of the Prophet Messiah peace be upon him, they will discover it is really nothing. Uh, nothing. Uh, I mean, it is nonsense. Hmm. Yes. No, it is truly nonsense. I mean, you you are a scholar as well, and you have read his book as well. Uh, you have also read his uh, Arabic literature as well. You and uh, he said many many mm-hmm. times that he is a true follower of the Holy Prophet. And as you said, uh, student can't be better than the master. It is impossible. Uh, and Mamu uh, Daka, um, um, recently before the before the news break, I asked you a question that. Um, about the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, because he's the best role model for mankind, a good role model for the youngsters as well. Um, how mm-hmm. crucial is his guidance, especially if he addresses the challenging in this day and age? Uh, again, sorry, because the voice, uh, I have some problem regarding the the voice. Please, if you again... again I, 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 I ask that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, um, being the okay. best role model for mankind, um, mm-hmm. uh, what is his guidance uh, he gave, if he, especially if he addressed the challenges in this day and age, in this of this present day. Yes, uh, the Holy Prophet وسلم, actually, uh, um, uh, if we uh, remember uh, his personality and if we remember his model, actually, uh, that uh, will be uh, that will be actually the cure of everything uh, for the uh, for, for the I mean the youngsters. They should remember how was the Holy Prophet when he was in a very young age. Actually, when he was in a very young age, he was always serving silently. And uh, barely the people were noticing, for example, uh, his uh, his appearance, but he was always uh, existing when there is a service, which means he's the, ber- the first to serve, and uh, he was not um, uh, trying to show up, which means he serves in silence. And that's one of the natures of the Holy Prophet, which means he has the will for serving and the will uh, for helping everybody. And he was the full passion for everybody. And barely the people, uh, I mean, they could witness the day by day or the very, I mean, detailed issues regarding him, but they know in general uh, his, uh, uh, I mean, his personality and his service and his attributes. Uh, they, they were very well known, uh, known but uh, he was not trying to show anything. So because of that, Hadrat uh, Khadija, radiallahu anha, may Allah be pleased by her, when she spoke about him, she had a very well experience about the minor details of uh, his life. So when she gave this witness, that means he is always, all the day, all of his time, is in the service of uh, humanity, in the service of the weak, in the service of everybody who is in need of, uh, in help, of help. And uh, that that should be the model for every Muslim. The Muslim should always remember that uh, the Holy Prophet ﷺ was the servant of the humanity, and he was the mercy for all of universes. And that's maybe a very long uh, subject, which needs so much uh, mm. details to uh, to elaborate on. Which means he was not even merciful and compassionate 
uh, to the uh, lifetime of himself and the future and even to the past, mm. which means he helped the, pe- the people and he purified, for example, the the uh, the the uh, the lives and uh, defended the the prophets uh, and uh, the past people of the past and made uh, let's say the Muslims to believe and all of the world to believe in their uh, purity and in their uh, piety. Uh, so he let's say Allah Subhanallah, Allah has commissioned him in a mission which is. Uh, summarized as he's the mercy for all universes, which means rahmatan mm-hmm. lil'alamin. Uh, and uh, this is a great position uh, of uh, the Holy Prophet uh, And if we remember that, which means we should extend our interest and our uh, compassion, mm. not even uh, to the people who are very close to us, and to our era, and even we should think about the past and think about the future and try to be benevolent for everybody and make no limits for our benevolence and for our service of humanity. Uh, so this is the model which we should always remember. May Allah help us uh, to be really the followers of uh, the, and to deserve to be the followers of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. No, I'm in for that. Um, Imam Budaka, uh, as I said, it was very interesting to listen to you. Unfortunately, we have a short of time. We have to carry on. But I can't just can't wait to have you again on the breakfast show and to listen to you again. Um, meanwhile, I wish you all the best for the future. And uh, um, if you, uh, it's very interesting to listen to your debates as well. Uh, and uh, therefore, um, I wish you all the best. May Allah be your protector. And thank you for joining the breakfast show. So you listen. You just listen to Imam Abu Dhaka from Jordan, and you listen because the Ahmadiyya is a multicultural community. We will jump now from Jordan to Ireland, where we have another Imam, Imam Ibrahim Nonan, who is right now with us on hold as well, and who is the Imam of the Galway Mosque and uh, National Vice President and Mission in Charge of Ireland. Uh, he graded graduated of both Christian and Islamic theology and philosophy, studied intercultural theology and interreligious studies at Trinity College Dublin. Imam Ibrahim Nonan, good morning. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. May the peace and blessing of Allah be with you and welcome to the breakfast show. So Imam Ibrahim Nonan, I, was, uh, I know you were waiting long for this uh, as well. And uh, to be honest, um, listening to you always is very interesting as well. Um, you have been you are you are very busy on social media as well. I see the passion you have for Islam to defend Islam, right? Like a lion, you know when a <laughs> lion is very brave. If he sees someone as attacking um, his beloved, he will go and he will attack. Uh, he will defend them as well. And this is what you do when people when they accuse the people upon for wrongdoings. I just you know you 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 are there in Ireland. You go you do um, you preaching to the Irish people as well. Uh, what are their thought about the Holy Prophet people upon him? Well, you know, um, I would say that in most cases, um, most Irish people are very unaware of the personality and the quality of the Holy Prophet people upon him. Mm. Um, you you mentioned about preaching on the high streets last week I had visited a city called Sligo mm-hmm. 
And this is one example out of many, of course, but uh, there was one, we had a soul and we had we happened to have on that soul that day uh, the book called Life of Muhammad, peace be upon him, and uh, one Irish man out of many who came to that soul made a very uh, a harsh remark regarding the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and uh, where he said that this is the man which is the cause of all the problems we're having in the world and the problems of all the immigration, migration in the world. And that's why we he agrees with Poland that Ireland should close its borders to all Muslims. So my response to him was that what exactly can you point out exactly to how he is the problem in the world? And he simply pointed out to the unfortunate misbehaviors of certain uh, immigrants to come into various parts of Europe, including Ireland, uh, that they create so much problems. So I had to rebuke him nicely, but firmly, that such uh, people who may not act properly have nothing to do with the teachings of Islam and has nothing to do with the character of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And I reminded him that um, if they were to act upon the teachings of Islam, um, you know, you would see a completely different people and you would have a different attitude. And I had to remind him also of in the 80s when the Irish, like myself, when I was studying in in UK as well at that time, Mm. in the mid to late 80s, um, how uh, unfortunately when the IRA were bombing London, and various parts of other cities in our in UK, were all were were all Irish people terrorists? Mm. Were they all were they not also immigrants, migrants into UK? Should you should we have branded every Irish person a terrorist? His answer was obviously no. So I told him then, don't blame all Muslims for the misbehavior of some small fraction of Muslims mm. around the world. They may create. Some problems. Then I then I uh, insisted upon him to take the book, take this book, Life of Muhammad, and read it, and come back to me and tell me you haven't changed your mind. So hopefully he will do that. That he will come back after reading that book, and uh, hopefully he will say I got it wrong. Um, this happened okay. to me once with a, with a Jewish rabbi, a rabbi who had a very negative attitude towards. Uh, Islam and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, about 10 years ago. I gave him the book, Life of Muhammad, peace be upon him. When he came back after reading that book, he said to me, Imam Ibrahim, I was completely, absolutely incorrect about the Holy Prophet of Islam. But after finishing this book, he said, I am absolutely amazed at his character, at his pious behavior. So this is this is the normal understanding, and we have to First and foremost, as your former, your uh, other speaker mentioned, Sheikh Samim, uh, it is our own behavior also. We have to become the the beacons of that, that um, um, you know, piety. We must act upon his uh, sunnah for the world to see the real uh, character of the Holy Prophet. Exactly. And, you know, um, you, you giving these examples, and this is why I said, like, you know, you just go and you clarify everything as well. And we have this good book as well, Life of Muhammad. 
Upon written by the second caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community. Um, but you you are not a born Muslim as well. Yeah, you told me once when you were here in the studio, I remember you told me a story when um, you um, told you a teacher or in that time that you don't understand Trinity, you don't think it is basically uh, possible. And then he slept mm. you three times. How comes, like, you, uh, what, how did you get influenced by the life of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him? Well, um, you know, um, as you already know, um, when you study theology, um, and, I, and I studied this seven years prior to becoming a Muslim, mm -hmm. I mean, I was, I was, as a Christian, I, I, I graduated in theology and philosophy, um, and you do have to study world religions, and you do have to come across different faiths, so obviously I looked at several faiths, um, I came across Islam, And I chose to write about Islam in my studies in my fourth year in university. And that's where my introduction was to the Holy Prophet, peace upon him. And um, I was just literally blown away by, first and foremost, his personality, his character, mm -hmm. his, his, his piety, mm -hmm. his, his, his sense of, of um, love for fellow human beings. Uh, and more importantly for me, his character of being kind and empathy towards others, regardless whether they were Christians or uh, pagans or uh, or uh, Jews, his his sense of empathy towards them was unbelievable. And that was the thing that triggered to me that I found within this person a an incredible human being uh, who who claims to be a prophet. And that is really my journey started with him. And then I went to buy a book in London. Um, when Many years later, by the way, uh, many years after, I bought a book in London called uh, Life of Muhammad by Martin Ling. This was my very first book on, on the life of Prophet Muhammad. On him. And I was just blown away by him. I fell in love with The only way I can use it, I fell in love with him. Hmm. I fell in love with his character. And um, and and that's that's where I started. And that is, that is for me, the, he was, he became the answer to all the questions I had regarding uh, the existence of a divine being and uh, how to achieve uh, righteousness and how to achieve salvation as such. That, that is through him. Um, uh, I, I found that door to salvation. And uh, you just said you read the book and you got inspired by his piety. By, and uh, this is so amazing because a lot of non-Muslims are also uh, very inspired by his life, like Karen Armstrong or Dr. Craig Consonant. But on the other hand, we have still few people who accuse him of wrongdoings. I don't understand that, Imam Ibrahim. Where did get these people who are accusing him of wrongdoing their uh, references? Is it Google? Do they just Google something and say, oh, look, I'm a, I'm a champion now? What is it? I don't understand that. <laughs> well, yeah, there are Google scholars, to be honest with you. Um, and that's and, and and that's it. I I I'm I'm being very frank about this. Um, as you know, I'm I'm I I'm I'm on social media a lot. As you know, I'm on the streets. Mm -hmm. I got I I've been going to Hyde Park Speakers Corner for 24 years, 28 years, something like that. I've met everybody and anybody now who attacks the Holy Prophet, pity upon him. And I think the one thing that disappoints me more than anyone is not the general person on the street who perhaps hears wrongful allegations against the Holy Prophet and it's mostly about Hazrat Aisha, it's mostly about um, you know, wars 
uh, everything twisted out of context. It, it is the it is it is the learned people, um, the scholars. Now, let me. I want to clarify scholar in a second, but I mean the scholars mean uh, people who consider themselves scholars of Christianity, of Judaism, etc., or atheism, humanism, whatever it may be. It is their false, and I use the word very clearly, false statements which they know is false, which they know that the statement they're making is incorrect if they have studied the life of the Holy Prophet to see upon him. Okay? I'll give you one one example of this person who I've been chasing for. Chasing means I've been debating with him on and off over the years. Sam Salmon is a Christian evangelist, former Muslim. Um, I, I, I answer his questions on Twitter all the time mm. and other places, and I've even tried to speak with him. I'll give you just one illustration of this. On one side, they use the hadiths of the Holy Prophet, peace upon him, the, the sources of hadith, to prove the divinity of Jesus from the Quran, on one side. But on the other side, then they will criticize the Holy Prophet, peace upon him, uh, not looking at the hadiths that speak about his righteousness, his kindness, his empathy, his love, his caring, his patience. For example, Recently, in the last few days, Sam Salman, as an example, turned around and said about the, the, the Prophet Jibreel, that when the angel appeared to the Holy Prophet, he said, no, this never happened, it, 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 it wasn't Jibreel. Yet, the Hadith makes it very clear, hmm. the same Hadith he uses, the same sources he uses, mentions the angel's name, Jibreel, as an example. So this is, this is what I call dishonest theology. They know, they know that they have researched and they know that most of what they're saying, 98% of what they're saying is twisting and, and, and let me be very frank, they're lying. They're making deliberate lies against the Holy Prophet on him. So this is, this is the sad thing. And the only way we can turn this around is by people like myself, yourself and others going out there, correcting them, correcting the general public, so that they come to know the real truth about Prophet Muhammad peace upon him, and it it is sad to be honest. It's mm-hmm. very frustrating and sad when you watch this thing, and uh, you know you can only be disgusted by it to be honest with you. Uh, but I know, Alhamdulillah, I've studied the life of the Holy Prophet now peace upon him last 32 years, and I've gone deep into the sources of hadith and everything, and he is. He is, you know, the most perfect human being that ever walked. And I want to, mm. if I may, if I may sure. quote you, Sir George Bernard Shaw, mm. a fellow Irishman, he said, I have very carefully studied Islam and the life of its prophet. I have done, I have done so both as a student of history and as a critic. Now remember, as a critic. This is a very important point, right? Mm-hmm. And I have come to conclu- and I have come to the conclusion that Muhammad peace upon him was indeed a great man, a deliverer, a benefactor of mankind, which was which was till then uh, writing under the most agonizing pain. In other words, he was the savior of humanity. So George Bernard believes that if everyone followed the Holy Prophet, acted upon what he taught, the world would be at peace and you you will you will give salvation to humanity. This is this is what I this is the person I found that many years ago. The same same person I found in in the character of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him. Amazing, that's uh, truly amazing. And uh, you you know um, 
you just mentioned uh, uh, non-Muslims as well, who are like you just said that uh, the life of the Holy Prophet was truly amazing, and he was a legend. Um, mm. We we are members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, we're the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. It is sad. I just want to know from you, you are an imam, you can clarify that. It is said by the enemy of our community that he, the Prophet saw himself greater than the Holy Prophet Peace be upon him. You know, I, I've heard these arguments as well. As you know, the ongoing debate, mm. which which started with me in Hyde Park with Adnan yeah. Rashid. Right? The saddest thing I've ever seen is 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 any Muslim, any 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 Christian or Jewish person, whatever, but any Muslim who wrongfully accuses a person of uh, being the enemy of the Holy Prophet or consider himself greater than the Holy Prophet peace upon him, anyone who has read the writings of Hazrat Musima later on, the promised Messiah, Hazrat Muzukulam and will come to one conclusion only, that his love of the Holy Prophet was far beyond any other human being. I mean, what I mean by this, all the saints of Islam and all those who came after the Holy Prophet and who knew him in, in, in like Ibn Arabi, um, Ibn Taymiyyah, and all these great scholars and saintly people who loved the Holy Prophet. Hazrat Musima, the, the promised Messiah loved him far beyond everyone mm-hmm. else. From all the writings I have read, all I constantly read was how the, the promised Messiah has a Muslim his love for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. He, and he saw that he is only what he is because of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And never ever has he ever claimed once, even even hinted, that he was greater than the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Rather, he said the opposite. He Rather, he said, I am, you know, the slave of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. I am indebted to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. I, only, I am only what I am all because of the Holy Prophet of Islam. So this is a false allegation. And, and sadly, this is the whole point. It, it hurts me deeply when I hear these allegations, knowing that they know, and I'm saying this very clear, Knowing that they know they're lying, this is the thing. This is the sad part. No, it, it is actually very sad and the lie they have accused the Prophet of. Um, but this is the only thing what can, we can do is pray for them as well. That Allah, Allah guide them. Yes, yes. And um, this is uh, this is actually you said it's very sad. It is very sad. And um, but but I'm known. I know that you are there outside, so you are the one who will clarify that as well. Um, I thank you for your time as well. Uh, it is also also very inter- always very interesting to listen to you. Uh, I remember our first uh, interview was when you were here, so I ca- just can't wait to uh, for you to be here again, so we can have <laughs> you and we can invite you in the studio again. Um, inshallah. Inshallah. Meanwhile, I wish you all the best for the future, and uh, thank you for joining the breakfast show. So, the listeners, these were interviews about scholar of the Ahmadi Muslim community. Uh, and uh, it was interesting to listen to them, especially what they said uh, about the Holy Prophet upon him in regards of the service he done to mankind and the guidance he gave to mankind. Truly, a man of peace, truly someone who who would do everything for his fellow human beings. Um, also, both Imam, Imam Abu Dhaka and Imam Ibrahim Nunn said that the Prophet was deep love. 
Where's the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him? And he never saw himself greater. Never saw himself greater than the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. But he saw himself as a student of this master, of his master. And he said once, uh, I just read out uh, one couplet uh, he wrote in Aina Kamalat Islam. He said, I swear by God, if these people had murdered my children before my eyes and cut my sincere friends into pieces and had killed me with uh, great humiliation and possessed themselves with all my possession, I would still have not been so pained in my heart and my heart would not have been so grieved as compared to the pain that I feel by the insults thrown at the Holy Prophet. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So you can see here in these few words that um, the love he had. Um, dear listeners, um, we have um, uh, one pre-recording to play as well. So uh, please stay tuned with the Voice of Radio and we will be back after the pre-recording. So we have with us today at the Voice of Islam Radio Station, Sister Reem, uh, who is a regular contributor to the Voice of Islam Radio Station. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Thank you for joining us today. Um, and my first question that I wanted to ask you was regarding the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. So what were the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be mm-hmm. upon him, his views on women's freedom and rights mm-hmm. and how did he implement them? Uh, Yes, you know, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and the blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Verily, women are the counterparts of men. He also stated, The best among you is the best to his wife. So, and um, he implemented that practically. As all his life, he showed respect to women. He respected his wives and consulted them in all matters. He showed love and his daughters. For example, whenever he saw his daughter Fatima, who survived her other siblings, he used to stand up and kiss her forehead. Moreover, he treated with generosity and respect the sister and the friends of his late wife Khadija out of love for her. He took his wives with him in journeys he took in days of war and peace. Uh, he met their needs and helped them with house chores. He also set aside a special day to teach women uh, matters of uh, faith and religion and to answer their questions. And he continued to command his followers to look after women until the end of his life, until his farewell sermon. And uh, this, of course, this teaching would remain eternal since then. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. And can you provide specific instances where he advocated and protected women's rights? Well, you know, when women used to come to him to defend their rights, and uh, this was, of course, something that did not exist, before Islam, as women were just uh, a man's property which he used to inherit like any other inheritance before Islam. But after Islam and after they had attained all rights, the women used to come to the Holy Prophet and uh, present their arguments and defend their rights. An example of this uh, is um, of Asma bin Zaid, uh, may Allah be pleased with her. She came once to the Holy Prophet when he was sitting with a group of his male companions. And she said, May my mother and father be sacrificed for you, O Messenger of Allah. I am the ambassador of Muslim women to you. No, may my soul be sacrificed for you, that there is no woman, whether in the East or the West, who had heard or not heard of my coming to you. But she is of the same opinion as me. Allah has sent you to both men and women. We believe in you and your Lord. Yet we women 
have to stay at home. We are the object of men's desire and we bear their children. Nevertheless, men have the privileges such as the obligatory Friday prayer, attending funerals and going on wars. When they leave for wars, we look after their property and rear their children. O Messenger of Allah, do we have a share of rewards for doing so? And the Holy Prophet, peace and the blessings of Allah be upon him, turned to, his, uh, to the men attending him and said, Have you ever heard a more eloquent woman putting forward a case concerning her faith? They said, We never thought that a woman could be so expressive. The Holy Prophet, uh, peace be upon him, said to her, Go and tell all women that when any of you is a goodly wife, uh, giving her husband a pleasant life and cutting out a section, she earns a reward equal to all that you have mentioned of men's reward. So she went away glorifying Allah and praise. Thank you so much for that, Sister Reem. Absolutely beautiful. And Thank looking you. at another, looking at another aspect of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, his life, he played a mm-hmm. big role in abolishing in the emancipation of slavery in Arabia. What yes. was his policy regarding equality among people, regardless of the tribe? The Holy Prophet, peace and the blessings of Allah be upon him, said, "People are equal, like the teeth of a comb." And history has immortalized his golden words that he said in his farewell sermon where he stated, O ye men, your God is one and your ancestor is one. An Arab possesses no superiority over a non-Arab, nor does a non-Arab over an Arab. A white is no way superior to a red, nor for that uh, matter a red uh, to a white but only to the extent to which he discharges his duty to God and man. The most, the most honored among you in the sight of Allah is the most righteous among you. O men, what I say to you, you must hear and remember, all Muslims are brothering to each other. All of you are equal. All men, whatever station in life they may hold, are equal. So while he was saying this, the Prophet raised his hands and joined the fingers of one hand with the fingers of the other hand and said, even as the fingers of the two hands are equal, so are human beings equal to each other. No one has any right, any superiority to claim over another. You are as brothers. What I command today is not meant only for today. It is meant for all time. You are expected to remember it and act upon it uh, until you leave this world and go to the next to meet your maker. Thank you for so much for that, Sister Reem. And just lastly, a very, very important question, uh, mm-hmm. which is that uh, are there lessons from the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, that can be applied now to contemporary discussions on human rights? You know, this what I have just mentioned to you, that what the Holy Prophet, uh, peace and the blessings of Allah, said, they coined the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And uh, they are the first to declare, so he was the first to declare that all men, no matter their race or skin, are equal. So the Holy Prophet applied that in practice all, all of his life also. Moreover, Islam is unique in portraying the physical expression of the equality. For example, in our daily prayers, 
a Muslim stand shoulder to shoulder, indifferent to the status or color of the person next to them. And in Hajj, the pilgrimage to Mecca, all Muslims wear the same dress and circuit the Kaaba in conformity. All of these teachings are in front of us to follow and to practice, and they are valid at all times and places. Thank you so much, Sister. May Allah Ta'ala also enable us to understand and act upon these teachings of, uh, of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, sharing your thank you for uh, expertise. Me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful, dear listeners, welcome back to Breakfast Show on the Voice of Islam Radio. Just recently, uh, you just listened to one pre-recording from Sister Reem Shariki. And before that, you had uh, listened to two interviews I had with two guests from Jordan and Ireland. Uh, Imam Abu Dhaka and Imam Ibrahim Nonan both joined. And we discussed about the life of Talib Prophet, peace be upon him. Uh, and um, how much the Prophet the founder of this community, was inspired by uh, the life of the Prophet, peace be upon him as well. And uh, um, we're going to start now with the second segment. But I just want to say one thing. If you have anything to share about the life of Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then you can do so. The number is 0208-687-787. Or you can go on our socials at Voice Islam UK and you can leave your comments there as well. Um, also, uh, we have a t- uh, Twitter slash X poll where we are asking everyone that in today's day and age, which one quality of the Holy Prophet could we benefit from? Is it his tolerance, trustworthiness, kindness to all, or his healthy lifestyle? Let us know your answer. Meanwhile, now we start with the second segment, which is the International Conference on Religion and Religious Studies. And for that, dear listeners, we will have two guests with us. Uh, we will have Muhammad Iqbal, who is a producer and host of Living History on Voice of Islam Radio. And Dr. Iqbal, Iqbal is also a retired pharmaceutical uh, 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 management professional who has deep interest in history, religion and geopolitics. And Ahmed Owasu Kunado from Scotland, who serve in the community as Deputy President, Pan-Africa Ahmadiyya Muslim Association, UK MTA African uh, County Manager of MTA Ghana and Nigeria, and Spokesperson Ahmadiyya Muslim Community Scotland and Outreach Manager, Manager Glasgow. Gentlemen, Assalamu alaikum, may the peace and blessing of Allah be with you and welcome to the Breakfast Show. Wa alaikum salam, wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi and thanks for having us. You know, before I start, you know, the main thing about today's show is that we had one guest from Jordan, one guest from Ireland. Uh, Kunado, uh, I know you are from Ghana. And uh, Dr. Iqbal, I believe you are from Pakistan? Well, originally I was born in Azad uh, Kashmir, Pakistan, but I've been here in this country most of my life. So, uh, is, is the Bradfordian? Okay, I'm Bradfordian. Bradfordian. I'm a Yorkshire man. I'm Yorkshire man, all right. We have Jordan, Ireland, Scotland, uh, uh, Ghanaian, and Bradfordian. Hmm. That's amazing. That's the multicultural thing I like uh, about this community a lot. But coming to the actual topic about this conference, about this uh, religious conference we, uh, we had, um, because, you know, it, um, about the current stage, uh, Dr. Iqbal, I just want to start with you. Mm-hmm. The crisis we have. What impact can have religion to remove this crisis? I think religion is very, very important uh, um, the 
because certainly from an Islamic point of view, um, the whole ethos and philosophy is about establishing peace. Um, this is both at the individual inner peace level and also across society uh, as well. So um, it's very, very important to do that. And at the moment, if we look at the world, you know, everybody's at each other's throats. Uh, we're probably going through one of the worst periods in uh, uh, modern history, certainly in human uh, history. Uh, so religion is very, very important. And certainly when you look at uh, those of us living in the Western world, yeah. um, there is a major moral crisis going on and uh, a social crisis as well with things falling uh, apart. And that's because people have turned away from religion, in my um, view. Uh, and that's certainly being reinforced by many independent thinkers uh, as well. Uh, and I think it's important for this community like the Anglia Muslim community that great efforts are made to uh, uh, show the importance of uh, religion. Um, and the timing is very good, I think, for people to do that preaching and to spread that message. And uh, you were talking about the importance of religion. Ahmed Uwosu-Kanado, uh, I just want you to know that because uh, this conference has happened, how can this conference foster religious understanding and contribute to tolerance? Yeah, I think uh, um, it's, it's uh, just to build on what uh, uh, my big brother, uh, <laughs> Dr. Iqbal Saab, uh, I've, I've just said there. Uh, it's, it's so important uh, that uh, this uh, event uh, actually organized. Uh, the reason being that... Uh, um, they actually foster a brotherhood. Um, mm. They actually unite people. Um, it's actually the whole the whole drive is more of an, an, an essence of development of understanding be, be, between, I mean, uh, organizations, religious bodies, and all communities. So, so these uh, conferences that we are holding, I mean, we take the Ahmadiyya Muslim community for instance. I mean, uh, we have the United Kingdom for the past 20 years that we've established this particular conference of uh, peace conference, mm. which, is, which has actually been organizing uh, for the past 20 years. And you can see what it does. I mean, bringing people together, uniting people. And this is not just in the United Kingdom. Every part of the world that you find the Ahmadiyya Muslim community over this uh, 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 200 uh, countries, you will see this uh, conference has been organized. And you see our beloved Huzur, uh, as Khalifa to Messi, the Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim uh, um, uh, community, worldwide uh, head, going around the world, and it's organizing these conferences. And you see something very beautifully actually happening, that he's able to bring people together, he unites the people, and with, with one voice, getting them in the right direction of why we, as human beings, are even on this particular planet, and how to resolve these uh, issues that we are facing, what that confronts us, the difficulties that mankind are facing now, and the sort of, uh, I mean, situations, that, the economic situation, whatever angle that you look at it, the, the, the champion of peace being the Khalifa Tulmesi actually brings these people together. And I remember very interestingly in the, in the United States when, when he was at the Capitol Hill to address them, mm -hmm. the, 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 the politicians themselves said, we need you to be coming back to this place again and again because it's only mm -hmm. you who was able to bring this, this divided community, these this politicians who are actually at each other's throat together. And we see that in, in all our conferences as well, that he brings people of, I mean, different diversity of different communities whichever level that you see it you see it uh, happening in a very beautiful way so conferences are very important because it serves as a sort of education 
a lot of misunderstandings are there only because people do not really know what is happening on each other's level. But when you bring all these people together, they, they, that is when the education level is actually uphold. The people now tend to appreciate what actually others have actually got that they didn't know about. And for that matter, they're actually thinking ill or actually thinking of doing something which uh, intolerance level actually at that level is always removed. And, and so in brief, I think uh, it's cert- certainly very, very important for us to hold these conferences. And that, that's what it does. You, you were mentioning conferences. Um, I will come back to that as well to you. But before that, um, Dr. Mohamed, um Ahmed, uh, Brother Ahmed, he mentioned about the champion of peace, his holiness, being the champion of peace. He has advised world leaders uh, many times through, Islamic, through the Islamic religion how to maintain peace in the society. Do you think his words have been not listened carefully to the, by the world leaders? I think they uh, listen there uh, while they're in his presence, but unfortunately... Um, when they go away, they quickly forget uh, because the world of politics is uh, very complicated and um, uh, unfortunately, you know, the morality tends to escape out of the window very quickly. Um, but I do think, uh, as Ahmed has also said, that when he reminds uh, these politicians and world leaders and other people, uh, they do understand the message, they appreciate what he's saying, yeah. but uh, for some odd reason, you know, uh, 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 they become uh, forgetful, and uh, his job, and I suppose he, he knows that himself, his job is there to remind people and tell people and uh, bring them towards God, but if they don't heed that message, then they'll suffer uh, the consequences. Um, but um, that's all, all we can do at the moment. But if you actually, uh, whilst world leaders may be doing silly things, if you look at active society, uh, that they are listening to the messages. You look, for example, currently at the moment, you know, we've got lots of conflicts going on uh, at an international national level. But if you look at the people, they understand uh, what, what justice is, what peace is as well. You know, when you look at the marches for peace, etc. Mm-hmm. So Azul's message is certainly getting through to the masses, and that's because he's obviously conveying that through the community, and then the community is very active throughout the world. So there are positives uh, of it as well. And I'm sure there are certain politicians who do listen very carefully to him, but... Uh, yeah, you know, uh, politics at the moment is a very dirty thing at the moment. Mm. But that's why yeah. it's even more important, you see, because in the past, if you remember, especially in the Western world, uh, religion has been damaged by the view from academia and from the political world that, you know, our religion is divisive and causes problems. Well, now it's, it's quite clear it's not religion. It's actually politics and politicians that divide the world and create problems. And I think, you know, we need to convey that message strongly that religion's aim is to actually bring people together towards God and towards appreciating their fellow uh, human beings. So we have to just uh, keep going. Uh, And the other thing, I mean, Emmett mentioned some great things about the peace conferences, but remember it was our community also that started the Religious Founders Day conferences as well where you bring all the good points of all the different religions together and people can come and present their viewpoints. And then remembering that the philosophy of teachings of Islam itself came out of a major inter-religious conference, which actually showed the the greatness of uh, the teachings of Islam and philosophy of Islam uh, 
uh, and our second caliph also came to Europe to deliver a message mm. as well, which again was uh, one of the great conferences as well. So, you know, it, it, it's very, very important that uh, we keep doing these things and organizing things locally, nationally and internationally as well. No, indeed. Ahmed Wazu, sorry, Ahmed Wazu, I just want to know that you you guys, you are deputy, um, sorry, you are uh, a deputy president of Pan-African Medium Association and you guys are doing amazing job. You have many, many conferences as well. Um, I just, in the end, I just want to know from you that uh, the impact and the feedback about these uh, conferences you had. Yeah, I think I uh, um, uh, actually sort of uh, uh, mentioned it briefly in, in, in what I actually said uh, earlier on. We have the Pan-African Peace Symposium, mm-hmm. uh, where, I mean, um, it, it's organized uh, um, every year. Um, uh, we just had it just two months ago uh, at the Beit Futu Complex. And it's, it's amazing uh, what you see at this function, because that is where you have a multicultural, I mean, <laughs> sort of a multicultural uh, meeting where you have people from various backgrounds, various diverse, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, communities and, and backgrounds and whatsoever, and, and politicians and um, uh, ambassadors, and you get all of them in one particular, um, uh, I mean, room. And then what we tend to see is a lot of them come with so much misunderstanding about Islam. And he, honestly, when you, I mean, I always, I always prefer to even talk about the Khalifa Messi because he does amazing, amazing mm. job on that particular field. And when you see when people are actually, when you finish these functions and you interview them and you get to get to know about their impression, what they always say, it's, it's so, so amazing. Because then that is where they pour their heart to tell you that, listen, when we were coming, we had mixed feelings. Some of them said, okay, we've been before, but we didn't know how it was going to happen this time. Some of them say, we're a bit hesitant even to come because we always know, we always tag Islam with, with, with terrorism and, and some extremism and all those bits. But what we tend to see is when they come and they see the ambience, the reception, the hospitality, the beauty of Islam at its peak being, I mean, portrayed by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community through the, the beautiful teaching of uh, um, the, holy, uh, the holy founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, as a Mr. Ghulam Ahmed, peace be upon him. And that is the champion of peace in, as a, his representative now, the Khalifa Tulmasi. They are amazed. They are amazed. And in the end, you see them having all those uh, misconceptions, all those uh, um, uh, um, views that they have which were totally wrong about uh, Islam. And in fact, bringing people together in that sense are completely removed. So we see that uh, these conferences are really, really a pivot to a lot of this um, uh, um, uh, uh, direction that we need to head now. We have uh, 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 this conference is going on now, which is the Voices of Peace. Again, another beautiful guidance from the Khalifa Tulmasi. And I'll give you some of this, some of my own practical uh, um, experience because I organized one year in Scotland. And you, at the end of it, the whole um, uh, um, uh, bishop of the Presbyterian, uh, the head of the Presbyterian in Glasgow, come to me and he says, "You know what? I've never since this whole." Palestinian and, 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 and uh, um, uh, Israel conflict started, I have never, ever actually listened to anything that is so beautiful and so, so direct and so resolved the issue in such a way that in the end you cannot even criticize what they are saying. And you know what it was? It was just the message of Khalifa Tumesi which has been read to them. So that is the, 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 the Friday sermon that has been, been taken and presented to them. And they, they appreciate it.
So we see that this certainly this conference is making a lot of impact. They are doing a lot of great job, and definitely the beauty of Islam is actually portrayed uh, through these conferences. Because unfortunately, for instance, if you take in this particular instance, for instance, Ahmed, uh, sorry, we are short of time. But, uh, thank you very much. Thank, thank you very, very much for having us. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, guys, uh, for joining, um, and thank you for the listeners as well for uh, turning in today as well to listening to the show. If you want to listen to the show again, you can do so on SoundCloud, um, and or you can stay tuned with the Voice of Islam Radio. Uh, I'm very grateful to our producers and to our researchers as well, and uh, of course to you guys as well, Dr. Mohammed Iqbal and Ahmed Wazukunado. Uh, the listeners uh, have a pleasant day ahead, and may the peace and blessing of Allah be with you all.